Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short and so glad to have you along on this Saturday morning. We're getting into the Word of God, talk about it, allow it to <clears throat> guide our lives, penetrate our hearts, get down into our innermost being where it can make a difference. We pray over it. And my friends, this is what we need. It's what we need in our lives. It's what we need in our families. We need this in our churches more and more. We need this in our country. Uh, reliance upon the Word of God. And I'd like to talk today about one of my favorite Bible stories, Bible accounts. It's a true story and one that we can learn a great deal from, and that is Elijah, the ministry of Elijah. He lived back during a time when there was a king named Ahab and his wife Jezebel, two of the most evil, wicked people in the scripture in terms of king and queen. They turned the hearts of the people. They demanded the people worship Baal. And throughout the Old Testament, we see this conflict between the, the Canaanite, the God of the, the land when the, Israel had come in, the people of Israel had come in, and the remnants of this God that was sticking around, this false God, this idol called Baal. And Ahab and particularly Jezebel, were demanding and requiring the people to worship Baal. Now, of course, God is the true God. The people of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were called to worship the true God. And they were, this was their heritage, their, 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 what, their calling, shall we say. But there's a conflict. The government, shall we say, the king and his wife, the queen, were demanding something different. And the people, they didn't know what to do. They were stuck. They were paralyzed. And indeed, many of them were, were honoring or going the way of the Baal, the way the king was demanding. Well, God sent a prophet. The prophet's name was Elijah, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. And we're about to see something that really rivals David and Goliath or Moses challenging Pharaoh, and that was uh, Elisha. Now, Elijah went to Ahab, and he rebuked him in chapter, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, basically said, you know, you're worshiping the Baals, you're leading the people astray. And he said, from now on, there'll be no rain on the land unless I call for it, I pray for it. And indeed, a drought came. Now, this was interesting. Because Baal was the rain god. People believe Baal was the one who sent the rain and caused the land to be fertile and to grow uh, the plants and, and become green and so forth. And, and Elijah was basically challenging the false god, the false idol of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. There'll be no rain on the land. And indeed, there wasn't. A drought came upon the land, and the drought was severe. And for three years, it did not rain. And the land, a famine came upon the land. And then in chapter 18, verse 1, God says to Elijah, you go find, uh, you go talk to Ahab, you go confront Ahab, and I'm going to send land, rain upon the land. Now, it's interesting. They didn't like Elijah. They didn't like that he challenged the status quo. They didn't like that he challenged the God that they were following, the God of Baal, the false God. They didn't like that. But Elijah was a prophet. As a prophet, he spoke on behalf of God, 
And he challenged the status quo. He challenged the way the people had gone. He challenged the way of the king and queen. Well, there's a price on his head. They'd, they were killing prophets. They were killing the people of God. They were trying to get rid of all the men of God, the prophets of God. Jezebel had had killed him, this fellow Obadiah, not the same one who was the prophet Obadiah, but a different guy in their court had hid some of the prophets so they'd live. But Elijah was feeling like he was alone. He was the last one left because, indeed, there was a great persecution, great famine. God had provided for him miraculously through this time, but it was a tough time in the land. And so there was a price on Elijah's head. Ahab wanted him dead. Jezebel wanted him dead. And God said, go confront him. Go speak to him. And he did. And they basically said there's going to be... Uh, and when, Ahab, when Elijah showed up with Ahab, Ahab says... There you are, you troubler of Israel. And this is a question, this is the point that really struck me here. Who's the troubler? Who was causing the problem? Was it Elijah because he'd said no rain and he prayed and there was no rain? I mean, that was a troubling thing. There was a famine upon the land. But no, the troubler was Ahab. The troubler was Jezebel. The troubler of Israel were the people, the kings, the authorities who had called the people away from following the Lord, that called them to a false god, called them to rely upon another god besides the true god whom they were to follow. It looked like Elijah was the troublemaker. It's kind of like, you know, when a, when a, a, a child is rebellious and, and a parent disciplines that child. Well, who caused the problem? It was the child, not the parent who was disciplined. The parent was responding to the trouble the child was causing. And in this case, Elijah was responding to the, the, the apostasy that was called upon by Ahab and Jezebel. Quite interesting. Folks, when there's trouble in the land, you got to know who's the real troubler. you got to know who really causes it. When, Ahab, when Elijah confronted Ahab, Ahab says of him, in chapter 18 and verse 17, when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is this you, you troubler of Israel? That was his title. That's what he called him. You're troubling. You're causing problems. You're trying to upset things. You brought a famine on the land, you troubler of Israel. And he said, I, Elijah's response, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you have followed the Baals the God, the, the false gods. Folks, you know, I think in our country today, I think this is really, is the, you know, we decry the division, the, the, the anger in our country, the people hating one another, canceling one another, turning on one another. Who's the troublemaker? Who's the troublemaker? Is it the people who stand up against what's happening in our country? the rejection of truth, the rejection of God, the radical, radical move towards, towards just total autonomy that as humans, we decide right and wrong and anything goes, we all do what's right in our own eyes? Or is the troubler in our land those who've moved us away from these things? Is it the ones who've caused us to move away from truth, to move away from a an, uh, an understanding of who is God in the land, that it is the Lord, not us. 
It's the Lord. This is the bottom line of what goes on in our country, I believe. It's a power struggle. It's an authority issue. At its essence, what is sin? Sin is a rejection of the authority of God. It's basically saying you and I decide what's right. We can do whatever we want to do. This is what happened in the Garden of Eden. God had said clearly, he'd laid down his law, he'd said what was right, he'd said what was wrong. The serpent came and, and challenged that. And he basically said, God's not the one in authority, God's not the one to determine what's right. You, de you decide. And Adam and Eve, they chose to establish themselves as the authority. It wasn't just eating a piece of fruit. It was the rebellion and rejection of the authority of God. That's what sin is. Sin is saying, I get to sit on the throne of my heart. I get to do what I want to do. I get to live as I want to live. I decide. No God's going to rule over me. No God's going to tell me how to live my life. I decide. That's what's going on in our culture. In, in Elijah's day, it was who's the God? Is it Baal or is it the Lord? In our day, who's a God? Is it God or is it me? Do I decide? And indeed, there's so many people say, I am that I am. I decide. I don't need a God ruling over me. This is a battle in our culture today. This is what's really going on. Well, the people in Elijah's day were stuck. They didn't know who to follow. I mean, here was Baal, the, rain, the God reigned, and they didn't have any rain. If they rejected Baal, would that mean even less rain? Or was, in fact, by turning to the true God, would God send the rain? They didn't know what to do. They were stuck. And this is the classic verse where Elijah challenges the people. And he sent, in verse 21, Elijah came near to all the people, and he said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer a word. They didn't know. Here he called up onto Mount Carmel. He said, listen, let's have a power encounter. Let's see who's really God. The true God will answer us by fire. This was Baal territory. This was, the he, shall we say, Elijah went onto their turf. He went to where the Baals, the, the, the altars of the Baals were strong. And they, that was their territory. He went there, bring the prophets of Baal. Let's have a power encounter. Let's see whose God is God. What was it? Well, you maybe know the story, maybe not. He said uh, it was one prophet of God, Elijah, 450 prophets of Baal. He said, bring two oxen, build two altars. Let's see who, which one will call upon our God. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. This would be a miracle. And indeed, this is what happened. First, the, the prophets of Baal prepared their altar. They cut up their oxen. They put it on, the, on there, and they cried out to their God. They danced. They screamed. They shouted. They sang. They beat themselves. They cut themselves. They started bleeding, thinking all this would get the attention of their God. But no one answered. There was no answer because there is no Baal. He's a false God. There was no answer. They had called upon him. They looked for an answer. He didn't have it. Elijah, after a while, hours of them trying to get the attention of their God, Elijah cut up his, he repaired the altar, cut up his oxen, put it on there, 
but he wasn't ready to cry out to God yet. He said, douse it with water. Cover it with water. Do it again. Douse it again. Three times they covered this oxen so that it was drenching with water and water was all around. And he cried out to God and God sent fire from heaven, consumed, consumed the uh, sacrifice, the oxen. It was clear. There was a power encounter. Elijah did not run from it. Elijah went onto their turf, took him head on and said, let's see whose God is God. And our God answered with fire. And the people, one of the great scenes of scripture, the people, when they saw this, they, their answer was, they cried out, and the Lord, they cried out, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Hallelujah. When we go to Israel, that was verse 39, after the, after the God demonstrated. When we go to Israel, one of the trips we take, one of the places we go is Mount Carmel, or Mount Carmel, however you'd like to pronounce it, Mount Carmel, where where. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal where this miracle took place, this demonstration of God's power. There's a big statue, a great statue of Elijah up there. And as we talk about the story, we conclude by shouting, the Lord, he is God. 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 Because the people in our day are hesitating. And often we are in the same problem, hesitating. Who's really our God? Who's, who can we count on? Who can protect us? Who can provide for us? This was the struggle the children of Israel were having. They had a need. Who do they look to? Do they look to Baal? Do they look to the Lord God? Who can protect them? Who can provide? It was hard to worship God because the government said you can't. And, they, and their, their very lives were in danger if they did that. But who's the real God? Who, is, is God more powerful than King Ahab? Is God more powerful than Queen Jezebel? Is our God more powerful than our mighty government here? Who do we worship? Who do we follow? Who do we honor? This was the challenge of that day, and it's a challenge of our day. Well, the story doesn't end there. After the people stopped hesitating, made a decision, cried out the Lord, He is God. Well, then they, they killed all the prophets of Baal. We, we may or may not have to do that, figure out how to do that in our day. I don't know. But anyway, they killed all the prophets of Baal. And now they, they were on the run. Ahab was on the run. Ahab would have been defeated. But they weren't giving up. They were still planning to kill Elijah. But because the people had stood up and declared the Lord as God, Elijah said to his servant, look out there towards the Mediterranean. Look out there towards the sea. Do you see anything? He, stared, he said, well, I see a cloud maybe the size of a man's fist. Keep in mind, it had not rained for three years. And Elijah said, let's keep praying. He keep praying. Get ready. Rain is coming. Get ready. And sure enough, before you know it, the, the sky, what's it tell us? Verse 45, in a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower. A heavy shower. My friend... You know, our country sometimes, what do we do? How do we get out of some of the problems we're in? I mean, we're, we're facing some severe problems in our country and in our world. What's going on in Ukraine? Is it, what's happening there? Could it explode into something far, far bigger than 
what it is even right now? No, it very easily could. We're talking about upcoming food shortages that President Biden warned us about. Food shortages, get ready for that. We've seen the gas prices go up. We've talked about inflation. And, and we're going to have another contentious election coming up here in just a few months. Folks, we, what's going on in our country is so similar to what was going on back there. Who's our God? And dare I say that unless the people rise up and say, the Lord, he is our God, the Lord is our God, who's going to solve our problems? Can we figure them all out on our own? Can we deal with our debt on our own? Can we deal with our economic, growing economic clouds on our own? We better call out the Lord, he is God. I've said for many, many years what we need is revival. What causes trouble in our land at its core, at its core, I believe we as a nation are meant to be people who honor the one true God. We're not meant to be a multicultural nation. We're not meant to be a nation that, that has many, many gods. We're not meant to be a nation that believes government is the answer. We're meant to be a people under God, a nation under God, a nation that honors God, a nation that honors the Lord God. From our inception, this was the goal. Have we always done it well? Of course, never, never. No one ever has. But this was the aspiration. And many have given up on that aspiration. Many don't even want to try that anymore. Many are critical of that. Our people today continue to hesitate between two opinions. Our people today are, as a nation, undecided. Who is our God? Who are we trusting? Do we trust the dollar? Do we trust the government? Do we trust our own wisdom? Do we trust our education, our science, our research? Or do we put our faith in the Lord God and believe that as He is the Lord, that He works out His blessing in all these areas? That's where I, I hope. Father in heaven, we bless you today and we declare we're not the entire voice of our country, but Lord, those of us who are here, we declare the Lord, He is God. And we thank you that your reign, it's not only in our own private life, it's everywhere. You are the Lord God. You're not just our God. You're not just our personal God. You are the Lord God. You're the king of the universe. You're the creator of all that is. You're the one who deserves to be loved, honored, worshipped, and adored by every breathing creature. And how we pray for this. We pray, Father, in our land today. We pray for our country today. We pray for our leadership today. We pray for our president, Congress, our Supreme Court, our state legislators. We pray, Lord, for those who lead our, who have, uh, our business leaders, our educational leaders, our, the leaders in Hollywood and entertainment. We pray, Lord, for the leaders of churches around, the, around our country. We pray, Father, for families and, and, and those who lead in our families. We pray, Father, that in every realm, in every realm, every person would recognize and honor you as our Lord. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. We pray, we believe, Lord, that this is the only place we find real healing. This is the only place we find true justice. This is the only place, Lord, that we find uh, true, true victory and security and prosperity. We look to you, Father, in our lives. Father, we, wherever we can, 
We are the light of the earth, light, light of the world and salt of the earth. So wherever we go and whatever we do, Father, might we have whatever influence we have to be like Elijah, calling people back. How long will you hesitate? Might we be an example of those who say the Lord is God and might others who we know embrace you as well. We pray for this. We pray and we love you. We respect, we honor you, Father, your authority in our lives. We're your servants. We follow you and we thank you. You're a good God. We delight at what you've called us to be and to do. We delight in you. We love you and we praise you today. And we pray for this. We pray for our nation. We repent on the behalf of our nation. So often, Father, we have trusted in our own wisdom, our own knowledge, our own research. We've trusted, we've exalted the God of science as if science has the answer to everything, even that science could now tell us what a woman is. Lord, we choose you. We choose you. We say that you are the source of all truth. Good, every good gift comes from you. We repent on behalf of those who put their faith in our own strength. Cursed is he who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. We choose to make the Lord God our strength and our trust is in you. And we bless you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Hey, you know, I prayed about some of these false gods. Doesn't mean, you know, we don't believe we're using science right now and technology to transmit this live stream. I've got dollars. There's nothing wrong with dollars. Nothing wrong with education. It's wrong with putting our trust in these things above the Lord our God. And that's, that's so easy to do. Nothing wrong with science, knowledge, money, any of these other things when they're in their proper place. They, they're not our God but they serve, they are our servants. We use these things and we're the servants of God. Amen? Amen. Hey, so glad you're with me today. This is one of my favorite stories. I'll be teaching this tomorrow in church, so I'm just kind of warming up a little bit uh, for what I'll be teaching in our church tomorrow on, on uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Thanks for joining me. We're here every morning, 8.30 a.m. I hope you are, if you're new today, welcome. And I hope that you will come back again because we believe getting the word of every day, every day we need to feed our soul every day. So we try and make this live, real, and relevant, the word of God every single day. So join me either at 8.30 live or you can watch, the live, you can watch later the video. You can even download the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms and listen uh, later on if you like. Share this with others. All right? Let's share this with others. Let's have people and make the commitment daily to let the word of God richly dwell within you. I promise God's word will change your life. It's changed mine. I know it'll change yours. So until we meet tomorrow, the Lord bless you, keep you, fill you with his peace, his joy, make his face shine upon you because you are the light of the world as Christ lives in and through you. God bless you and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 